Welcome on in to the Big 12 Football Week 4 Recap and Reaction Show. I'm Pete Mundo. It's great to be here with you as always as we get another week rolling. And what a week it was in the Big 12 Conference. Upsets galore. Kansas is 4-0. My goodness. We're going to start in order. And as always, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Ton more video content coming your way. Our podcast friends, you know the drill. Rating, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you that free Heartland College Sports koozie. And our friends on Facebook Live, always good to have you guys here. So uh, let's go in order as we talk week four in the Big 12. Go back to Thursday night. And on Thursday night, the West Virginia Mountaineers rolled Virginia Tech on the road 33-10. to Now, let's be honest. If you were a Mountaineers fan in that first half, you were sitting there saying to yourself, you got to be kidding me. They gave you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and you couldn't take advantage. Finally, in the second half, the Mountaineers did just that. They ran away with this game. Uh, JT Daniels was solid. C.J. Donaldson continues to be my favorite guy in the backfield for the Mountaineers. 23 carries, 106 yards, and they ran away with a win that Neil Brown desperately needed before he got back into conference play. That's exactly what Neil Brown needed. Two and two. Um, you know, he had a couple of bad losses, obviously, to open up the season. Pittsburgh, followed by Kansas. Towson back on track. Roll Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech, I don't believe, is all that good of a team. But you did what you had to do. You're 2-2. Two and two. Now you're going back into Big 12 play. That was big for Neil Brown. He needed that. If Neil Brown fell to 1-3... You know, you're going to look at the schedule and say, what do the Mountaineers finish? Three and nine, maybe four and eight. And is Neil Brown keeping his job if he finishes three and nine or four and eight? Probably not, depending on how much appetite there is to pay him a ton of money to go away. But he's not helping himself. Now he's two and two. And, you know, here's the thing about the Big 12. It's a meat grinder, man. Like, I'm not going to look at any game on the schedule and say West Virginia is a, a solid favorite in that game. But I also will look at any game on the schedule and say, there's no reason West Virginia can't win that game. Like, I can find a reason for West Virginia to beat any team on the Big 12 schedule, but I could also find a reason for them to lose to any team on the Big 12 schedule. This conference, with the way Kansas is playing, we'll get to that coming up, but this conference, man, is so unpredictable. I still believe Baylor's the best team in the league, and I feel better about that after what happened in Week 4. But my goodness, this conference is just top to bottom as deep as it gets. And the national media is not going to talk about it because they don't want to talk about it. Because they don't want to give an ounce of credit to the Big 12. But you look at now what Kansas has done. It was always like, well, you know, the Big 12 has nine conference games. But does it really? Because eh, Kansas, you're going to beat them by 20 points. We'll get to Kansas. You know and I know that this is a completely different Kansas team. And what does that mean? The league is completely different top to bottom. There is no cakewalk game in this league anymore. There's no Vanderbilt in the SEC. There is no Rutgers in the Big Ten. They don't exist in the Big 12 Conference anymore. So how about the college football national media starts talking about that 
bunch of hacks that they are. But they won't talk. They don't have the stones to talk about it. They should, but they won't. So uh, West Virginia doing something they had to do. They can get bowl eligible. They would have to go down the stretch here. You got to go four and four in your next eight games in Big 12 play. I I wouldn't say that's likely, but like I said, Oklahoma's not the team that it was under Lincoln Riley. We saw that again last night. Uh, We'll dive into more of their game, of course, later on. But there is a lot of work to do for the Mountaineers. But it got off to a very good start Thursday night. Had to get that win for Neil Brown, and he did exactly that. Next up, as we go to the games on Saturday in our Big 12 Week 4 Recap and Reaction Show, I'm Pete Mundo. Where do we want to start? Uh, Let's start with TCU-SMU. Game not as close as the score would indicate, 42-34. I will say uh, my picks against the spread had its first losing week of the year. I went 2-4 and in my picks against the spread. And the one I'm most ticked off about, the one I'm most like, you know, you always have that pick where you kick yourself. It's the TCU-SMU game. Just, you know, I don't know what I was thinking on that one. I don't. TCU had a bye week. Sonny Dykes knows the SMU team. I don't know why I thought SMU would cover. I bought a little bit too much into the hype of SMU playing their former coach. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I also wasn't sure how good TCU was because Colorado just looks, Colorado is a terrible football team. And then they played Tarleton, and you're like, okay, what are they? Well, you know, I'm trying to justify the bad pick, but you get it. That's the one that I'm kicking myself about over the weekend. That was dumb by me. So uh, you look at this TCU game, you look at this TCU team, and I like Kendra Miller. That guy is getting better and stronger, it feels like, every time I watch him play. 17 carries, 142 yards, and a score. Uh, They jumped out to a 14-0 lead and really never looked back. I know you might look at the box score and feel like it was a close game. It really wasn't a close game. TCU controlled this thing start to finish. Um, Sonny Dykes got his revenge, or whatever you want to call it, on the road against his former team. And I, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting more impressed by TCU the more I see from them. Max Duggan is looking solid, looking more comfortable. So kudos to him. And now TCU gets Oklahoma next week. So you got to look at that one and say, uh, with the way OU, you know, OU will still be a favorite, but with the way things are trending with TCU, if Max Duggan keeps playing like this under Sonny Dykes, remember, Max Duggan's finally got himself an offensive head coach. 22-29, 278, three scores, no picks. Got to be happy with that. So all in all, and he's spreading the ball around very well with the receiving core. I mean, you had four guys, five guys with three catches or more on Saturday for TCU. So, you know, that is a very good sign when you are that unpredictable in terms of who's going to be getting the ball. uh, That's a great sign for the Horn Frogs and what's to come for them. And, you know, I still think the defense has some work to do, but they were in the backfield consistently. Seven tackles for loss, three sacks. You got to like where things are going right now if you're a TCU fan. Uh, no doubt about that. So TCU taking care of SMU 42-34 to on Saturday. Uh, and that was one where TCU now moves to 3-0. and They are 2-2. Two and two. Excuse me, SMU is 2-2 two and two after they lost uh, in Week 3. So the Horn Frogs in very good shape now going forward. And once again, that Oklahoma game, 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday is very, very intriguing. Uh, next up. Do we go, oh boy, these next two 11 a.m. games from week four are going to be a doozy to talk about. 
Let's let's do Kansas first. Let's do the non-conference game first. Kansas is 4-0 for the first time in 13 years, beating Duke 35 to 27. And my goodness, Jay Line Daniels put that dude in the Heisman Trophy conversation already. Would you please? That's how good Jaylon Daniels has been in the early season. This guy is doing things that nobody's ever done at Kansas football. Literally, literally doing things that nobody's ever done at Kansas football. That's how impressed uh, you should be. And if you haven't watched him, if you're like not buying this Kansas team, if you're saying to yourself, well, you know, it's Kansas, cute story, 4-0. Do I really buy into any of it? You should. Go to... um, if you don't read our stuff, you should read our stuff at heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, we, we do a three thoughts in every game. One of us, you know, one of the staff members writes three thoughts in every game. Look at the highlight in our three thoughts of the Kansas win over Duke. Look at the highlight we posted of Jalen Daniels' touchdown pass. It was an absolute thing of beauty. And this guy is continuing to blossom as a passer in ways that, you know, I didn't think he was ever capable of doing based on what I saw just his first couple of seasons. The work he's put in, the staff deserves, uh, you know, credit for what they've done. Think about this for Kansas. They've scored 27 touchdowns through four games. 27 touchdowns in four games. Last year, they scored 32 touchdowns in 12 games. And Jalen Daniels has accounted for 15 of those 27 scores, 11 passing, four rushing. Jalen Daniels has scored five touchdowns uh, for a second straight game. He became the first Jayhawks player in school history to record multiple games in which he was responsible for five touchdowns. He is doing things that have never been done at Kansas football. And I know you're going to say, well, it's Kansas football. Put that aside. Take the pot shots away. It is so impressive what he's doing and what kind of player he is. He is the best dual threat quarterback in this league, bar none. He's got the best wheels, and now that he's learning how to pass, and you're even seeing improvements from him in the passing game from week one to week four. Kansas is a dangerous football team. I never thought I'd say it, certainly not in 2022. Maybe I thought when I'd be sitting here as an old shriveled man in like 20. 52, uh, you know, I'd be like, oh, boy, Kansas finally got a quarterback. Most dangerous guy in the league. What's going on here in 2052? I didn't think I'd be saying it in 2022. Now, the defense still needs work. It was good in the first half. Towards the end of the game, they gave up some big drives for quick scores, had some bad penalties. You know, Kansas was one of the most polished teams the first three weeks, only had four penalties per game. Uh, they struggled on the penalty front. believe it was seven penalties for 80-some-odd yards on Saturday. So that's a place defensively that they do need work. But overall, this Kansas team is so much fun to watch, so easy to root for. I don't care if you hate KU because of the basketball thing. These guys on the football side have nothing to do with the basketball team. They're easy to root for. And they're fun to watch play. And I have all the respect for Lance Leipold and what this guy is doing. And Jalen Daniels, do I think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy? No. Does he deserve to be in the conversation through four weeks? Yes. If you told me that we'd have uh, one 4-0 team in the Big 12 at the end of September and it was Kansas, what do you think the odds were on that? I, 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 I'm just curious. I would love to know what the odds are on that in terms of how 
much money you could win on a $10 bet. If you had Kansas as the only 4-0 team in the Big 12 after the first month of the season. <laughs> That's why you got to love this sport. you got to love college football. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Good to be with you. Now, uh, speaking of, we were just talking about betting, right? Well, support our sponsors. That's all I ask of you guys. Support our sponsors. All our content is free. And right now, DraftKings is the sponsor of this show. No matter where you are, here's the deal right now. The NFL is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, and they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Touchdowns, big plays, bigger wins. Of course, you know, our big 12 picks are still well above 500. We had a bad week four, but we're going to get back on track next week. And right now, if you're a new customer, bet $5 on any NFL team and get $200 in free bets. So I know you're here for the big 12 for the college, but we're all NFL fans, right? I got my Chiefs shirt on here. I got my Chiefs Kingdom shirt on. There you go. Um, and right now, once again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports. That's HCS. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code HCS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Uh, now we go to the other games on the Big 12 schedule this week. Like Iowa State, Baylor. Oh, my goodness. I can already see the comments. I've been reading them on Facebook Live. You guys are fired up if you're an Iowa State fan, and I get it. The referees stunk. They hurt you in the game. I don't disagree. I don't. But in the end, I believe Baylor won that game and would have won that game no matter what. It doesn't mean Iowa State fans cannot feel like they got screwed when it came to certain calls in that game. I understand it completely. I do. I'd be griping if I was an Iowa State fan as well. But you look at this game, and it rarely comes down to just the officials. You can look at this game and say, well, Baylor held you to 2.4 yards per carry. Number one. Number two, Blake Shapin looked really good. You couldn't really slow him down. 240 passing yards. Uh, he had himself a big game. Three touchdowns, no picks. He was calm, cool, collected. Hunter Deckers, on the other hand, was not comfortable. Did not look smooth. And... The Baylor defense gave them fits. I understand it. If you're an Iowa State fan, you're ticked off at the refs. But at the same time, I don't believe that's what this game came down to. I don't. I'm sorry, I just cannot come to that conclusion. So it's a tough day for Iowa State. Um, Hunter Deckers played well but made mistakes. And that's why I liked Baylor in this game plus three. Because this was the first time Hunter Deckers was going to really play. I mean, he played a big boy defense against Iowa, and they put 10 points on the board. I had one good drive. So my thought was, I get Baylor. I know it's on the road, but I'm getting plus three with the defending champs against a first-year quarterback. I'm taking that. And that's why I liked Baylor in this game, and uh, that's one of the reasons that they walked away with this game. More experienced quarterback in a tough environment, while the first-year quarterback struggled against a very good defense. These two defenses are very good, and uh, that was one of the reasons 
that I thought Baylor would take care of business, and that is exactly what they did. And I feel like we've kind of overlooked Baylor and overvalued uh, whoever Baylor is playing. That BYU loss was tough, but man, if you watch that BYU game, that environment was nuts. It was late at night, unknown environment. It was a difficult place to win a game. That BYU crowd was bonkers that night. That's not a bad loss in, in overtime. So uh, let's not forget about Baylor. I believe this is still the best team in the Big 12, and I think they helped showcase that on Saturday against Iowa State. Now, uh, where do we go? And we'll get to your comments on Facebook Live here at the end. Uh, from there, we go to Texas and Texas Tech. Oh, my goodness. What is going on with Texas? You're up 31 to 17 late in the third quarter, and you just blow the game. Oh, absolutely terrible. I mean, this is exactly what we've seen for going on a decade from Texas. All the talent in the league, everything's going fine. And for Steve Sarkeesian in particular, this is not a good situation. Not because of just losing the game, but because of how he lost the game. Let me share some numbers with you here. Here's the deal. Steve Sarkeesian threw a, uh, you know, not even two seasons on the job. In Big 12 games where his team has held a double-digit second-half lead, Steve Sarkeesian is 2-4. and four. Think about that. I'll say it again. In games, in Big 12 games, where his Texas team has held a double-digit second-half lead, Steve Sarkeesian is 2-4. and four. That's terrible. That is, uh, you've got to try to go two and four with a double digit lead in the second half. That's on the coaching staff more than the players. That is on the coaching staff. That's how bad that is. You've got to try to blow four games up by double digits in the second half. I like, and, and Texas is now sitting there at two and two. And when you look at some of the games that they have lost here the last couple of seasons, right? Think about this. They led Oklahoma 28-7 last year, lost that game. They led Oklahoma State 17-3, lost that game. They led Baylor 21-10, lost that game. And they led Texas Tech on Saturday 31-17 and lost the game in overtime. That is brutal. There's nothing else to say. And, you know, you got to give Texas Tech credit. You know, I thought there was some questionable still decision-making uh, by the coaching staff, by Joy McGuire and that coaching staff, but I got to give them credit in terms of they, they, they clearly have a vision for how they want this team to run. They're going to take chances. Um, they're going to go for it when it maybe doesn't make all the sense in the world, but that's the kind of style they're going to play, and it ended up working for them, and they won the game. And as much as I feel like Texas lost the game, I don't say that trying to take anything away from Texas Tech. But I'm looking at this and saying Donovan Smith, first off, I feel like gives this team the best chance to win. And I still feel that way. He had a very good game, 38 of 56, 331 yards, three total touchdowns against the Longhorns. And I'll add this to the conversation as well. I think they got to use him more in the running game especially in some of those short distances. they got to use them in the running game a little bit more and uh, get them going on that side, get them going on that front. Uh, I think that that's important. I mean, he's got the wheels. There were a couple of times, there was one, and I'm forgetting which quarter it was in, 
but it's like third and five around midfield. They have Smith throw it out on a slant route or an out route, misses, and then they go for it on fourth down. It's like, use Donovan Smith off tackle. If you're going to go for it, if you know it's four down territory, then use Donovan Smith in the running game. They're not doing a good enough job of that, and they should be doing a much better job of that. But you know what? They won the game. Place was bonkers. Tech fans stormed the field. I'm fine with that field storming. First time you beat Texas at home since 2008. So I'm fine with that. But uh, when you stormed the field last week against Houston, that kind of took away from this this year's, this week's field storm. Fair? Fair? But I'm happy for Tech fans. And what you saw here, and I'll get into this more coming up after we talk about the Oklahoma K-State game, Oklahoma and Texas are going to get the best of every team week in, week out. They already do, but it's going to be that on steroids because of these two teams leaving the conference. Let's not forget that. Now for the nightcap. Oklahoma losing at home to Kansas State 41-34. Adrian Martinez, my goodness, how are you, young man? Four touchdown rushes. 148 yards on the ground. That third and long to basically seal the deal in the fourth quarter was stuff legends are made of. You know, I was uh, in 2012, I was working in Woodward, Oklahoma at K101Z92 Radio. We have an affiliate there, Z92. Uh, the, the weekday show airs on that station. Still got a lot of friends down there. My wife, Katie, she was then my fiance. We went down to see Oklahoma K-State in Norman in 2012. Colin Klein was the quarterback. K-State pulled off the upset 24-19. Ten years ago, almost to the day, I felt like I was watching that game. It felt like deja vu. Except Colin Klein's now calling the plays as the OC, and Adrian Martinez is running wild for the Wildcats. Uh, it is amazing. I, I saw a stat that said Oklahoma has lost nine home games since 2012. Four of them are against Kansas State. The Wildcats always play well in Norman. It's amazing how well this program, they are in no way intimidated by Norman, Oklahoma. And I'll tell you what, when's the last time Oklahoma played a game where they didn't have the best quarterback on the field? Because that was last night. Dylan Gabriel is good, but man, he gets a little jittery with those feet under pressure. This guy is not uh, Caleb Williams even. I don't think he's certainly not Kyler Murray. He's not Jalen Hurts, and he's not Baker Mayfield. I I know that I think a lot of OU fans just assumed that they were going to waltz in with a new offense, Jeff Levy, new quarterback, despite losing a ton of talent and just pick up where they left off offensively. That's not going to happen. It doesn't mean they can't win the Big 12. Oklahoma can win the Big 12. I think Baylor plays Oklahoma for a Big 12 title. That was my preseason prediction. And guess what? I, uh, I'm not going to change off of my preseason prediction because they lost one game. In fact, if you want an interesting uh, tidbit here, how about this? Oklahoma football has lost its Big 12 opener five times going back to 2006. On each of the previous four occasions, the Sooners ended up winning the Big 12 title. 06, 07, 2012, and 2020. They lost their Big 12 opener and went on to win the Big 12 championship. So I'm not overreacting, but I'm just saying, you know, the defense is better than it was, and I believe will continue to get better under Brent Venables, but the offense is not going to be where it was. 
I just don't see that being the case. So that's what makes this different. That's what makes this unique from previous seasons. And uh, there's a reason I like Kansas State plus 12.5 in this game. I thought they, they got a wake-up call they needed against Tulane. You hate that they lost the game because they'd be solidly into the top probably 15 if they were 4-0 right now. Uh, but that's obviously not the case. So you sit here and you say to yourself, a great game from Adrian Martinez. Deuce Vaughn is still, to me, the best player in the Big 12. And Oklahoma has questions. They got questions on defense. Uh, offensively, if you put pressure on Gabriel, he's not an incredibly accurate quarterback. I mean, Drake Stoops, he showed some emotion. There was one where Gabriel missed Drake Stoops, I mean, wide open on a fly route by like 10 yards. Maybe it was five yards, but he missed him by a mile. And then on an out route, on a big third down, I mean, it was a pitch and catch play. And Gabriel missed Stoops again, and Stoops came to the sideline and kind of banged his helmet, showing some frustration. And I don't think that was frustration with himself. I think that was frustration with his quarterback that was caught on camera. So I, this was all a very interesting, all in all, very interesting week, and Oklahoma ending up losing to Kansas State. The two big stories are, first off, how about the Sunflower State between KU and K-State? I mean, you know, you got... Uh, first off, two quarterbacks that had some of the best games of the weekend in all of college football, and Jalen Daniels and Adrian Martinez. And Oklahoma and Texas are going to continue to get the best of the best from these Big 12 teams. They always have, traditionally and historically, they always will. But now it's even more prevalent because they're leaving soon, and that just gives these guys extra juice. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Just looking through some of the comments here. Uh, Lance Leipold should be getting serious consideration for Coach of the Year. I totally agree with that, Jared. Let's see how the season plays out. Uh, Pete, keep it real, bro. TCU's best team in the conference. I have Kansas second. Can't believe I'm saying this. Let's not get carried away with TCU. I got to see more. Beat Oklahoma, and then we got a serious conversation there. Uh, what if Kansas goes to the Big 12 championship? I don't know. I don't know if hell's going to freeze over the next day, uh, but that would be wild, wouldn't it? I feel like this, Carlos, I feel like Tech's going to win it all. Good year for the Big 12. All right. All right. Everybody take a breather here. Take a breather. Take a breather. You know I love this league, but that's what's fun. We're going to be in October next week, and every fan base, that's how good and how deep this conference is. Every fan base in this league can say right now, we've got a shot to win almost every game, if not every game. Top 1 through 10, there is no conference in this country like the Big 12 in terms of depth. That's how amazing it is. Alvin, Pete, if KU and K-State keep playing well, the game in Manhattan November 26th will be monumental. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's going to be wild. Love you guys. Hey, hit the like button on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube, please. We're pumping so much video content out over there. And uh, if you're on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. We got free koozies for you. Heartland College Sports koozies. When you leave a rating and a review, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. And don't forget about our sponsors at DraftKings. $200 in free bets with any $5 bet. Use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports. Thank you guys for supporting this show, helping this site grow. It's because of you that we are now reaching millions of Big 12 fans every single month. Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon. 
Subscribe wherever you're getting this content. That way you never miss a show. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.